Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. All right, should we get busy then? Okay. <laughs> hold on, hold on. All right, all right. Don't jump the gun. Don't jump the gun. Right, we're sat in the rugby dungeon. We're about to do the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast as we watch fantastic rugby, horrifically bad kits on display in the final <laughs> round of matches. And it's Exeter against Ospreys. Exeter with four minutes to go, are in front and just got a penalty. Looks like that one's done and dusted. So much to talk about. Let's get into it. Hands in, pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. Hello, I'm Tim. That's Phil. Hi, Tim. He's JB. Hello, Tim. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. We don't take the game or ourselves too seriously, but we just love rugby. And that's what we're going to jabber on about for a little bit. Uh, And thank you very much for listening. You have found us, presumably, either on iTunes or on Acast. That's pretty much it, isn't it, Jay? And any other good uh, Google or Android or Apple app that you may be using to download this excellent audio content. Some, Some excellent reviews have been left on iTunes, and I thank you for that. For example... The Andy Good of podcasts. That is, that's phenomenal. I mean, I'd obviously rather be the Miles Benjamin of podcasts, but I'll, <laughs> I'll take it. In the review, actually, by Big Rig 1987, who says at the Andy Good of podcasts, it does say, but if you're not a Miles Benjamin fan, you'll probably only enjoy half of every episode. Exactly. <laughs> by the way, Miles Benjamin back in training, not yet game fit, but back in training nonetheless. So, um, end of the Six Nations, you reckon? Oh, I, th- I imagine he'll be back in the England team mid Six Nations. Yeah. One from Doug, uh, Doug London. Um, London Doug. London Doug says, best rugby podcast out there, like Top Gear, but in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> With no Richard Hammond. Yeah. Or, or cars, or guest celebrities. Actually, scratch that. It's not like, really like Top Gear. JB may well share the same approach to political correctness <laughs> as Mr. Clarkson. <laughs> but this podcast is better in every other way. For one thing, it's about rugby rather than voxels. Genuinely knowledgeable, blah, blah, blah. All that r- rubbish. I, I tell it's very it, respectful. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It just, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to say the stuff that's like... I don't want it to make it sound like I'm reading out compliments. Anyway, it says, I tell all my friends... Uh, uh, my fellow rugby fans to download it but then they'd realise where I've been stealing all my facts and opinion from um, <laughs> right so I'm oh Exeter just scored another try yeah I'm completely confused about where we're at with the current top 8 and what it's looking like is going to be the top 8 I'd, I, I would be amazed if anyone won an accumulator bet on this round of European yeah. Champions Cup matches oh, I would be astonished um, the the Racing um, Glasgow result did it for me. Glasgow are completely out. Racing could have gone top two with a win and got absolutely sp- smashed by Glasgow. Yeah, I, I mean, I like being right. I, I in fact, I absolutely love it. But in this case, I don't like it. Uh, as it stands, I don't think it's going to change. There'll be no Pro Twelve teams in the final section of the of, uh, of the European Cup. 
Well, as it stands, uh, Ulster will be top from the Pro 12 teams on 18 points. Ospreys on 16 points. Um, Os- Os- Ospreys Ulster- on through. Ulster won't. Neither of them will be yeah. through. Neither of them will be through. Claremont, um, assuming they do win their game because it's still not over yet, will leapfrog both of them and go into the top eight. So, it's, so the uh, top eight as it stands will be with only about a minute and a half minute left in the, this game. Um, Saracens, Sa- Saracens, Leicester, Rassing, Dan Carter's Rassing. Although yeah. he didn't play, so that's probably why they lost. Yeah, he didn't it? play, but someone did actually send a link to us on Twitter um, to the Sky Sports <laughs> yeah. write-up of the game, and yeah. they said it is. They said. Glasgow host Dan Carter's Racing Metro 92. <laughs> even, though, name, isn't it? even though, as far as I could tell this week, he was at London Fashion Week. He was nowhere near Glasgow. Um, what? Where was he? London Fashion Week, he was posting some, some videos of him with various different celebrities. Um, anyway, they're in third, then Wasps, um, Toulon, I think will sneak into the top four. Stade Francais, Northampton, Claremont. Isn't that amazing? Yes. There's I can't of, believe the results this weekend. There's a couple of things which stand out for me for this set of uh, European results. Well, actually, the whole group stage. One, obviously, no Pro 12 teams, but we won't dwell on that. The second thing is maybe we're starting to see a little bit uh, of the, the, the waning of the top French teams. Toulouse didn't qualify. Toulon don't look like the power that they were. And Clermont have been beaten handily. Uh, by Ospreys at home, and again they don't look like a great team. In fact, as things stand, stand, they might even be lo- losing to, Bo- to Bordeaux now. Um, and they, they were beaten by Exeter away, weren't they? Yeah, Exeter in Exeter. Uh, uh, Exeter at Exeter, yeah. Yeah. It, it's mad to think that it was only a couple of seasons ago, and everyone concerned with English rugby was complaining that the odds were too balanced, not in their favour, and it wasn't fair. And England aren't going to ha- be able to challenge on the European stage. Because of salaries and stuff. Well, only a moron would say that, and this is why, uh, this is why I th- uh, I think that because it's almost like German football. Now, German football didn't used to be too powerful, and they didn't used to spend that much on salaries of players. But what they did spend on is infrastructure, stadiums, that sort of thing. And the Premiership are doing that right now. All the stadiums are pretty much owned by by the clubs. So they're getting more more and more embedded, be- be- better infrastructure, and then they're going to build the, the player salaries around it rather and, than having the players first. And let's also not forget, I mean, we're just watching the end of this Exeter-Ospreys game and Sam Underhill was starting and, you know, well, he's come through a different English route. Sam Underhill. I, I was, yeah. was, was going to say, he's one of the exceptions, uh, along with Josh Beaumont, a couple of players who didn't come through the academy system, but a lot of money's been spent on the English academies, which well, no, when you, when you look around a lot of the English clubs... through the academy system. So yeah. who? Josh Beaumont was in Sale Academy. No, no he wasn't. He, he was at university, university of, in Durham. University of Durham. Oh, linked, I see. He was linked to Falcons, but never played for them because he went home to play for Fylde. Then he used to, yeah, he used to go back and play league rugby for Fylde. Oh, right. So he's not a Sale Academy lad. Nope. No. Nope. nope. But the point is, a lot of money's been spent, as you say, the infrastructure of the stadium, but also on, on the academy setup, which, let's be fair, is bearing fruit. It looks like it, yeah. I do think there's a bit of rebalancing to take place um, with the Pro 12 because because of the shift that they've now got to qualify, they've got to manage their squads differently because previously, we said it's loads of times, Leinster would rest half their teams the week before a Champions Cup, half their team the week before a Champions Cup yeah. game so they'd be fresh and focused on that. Now, they don't quite have the depth in the squad to be able to do that. They will realign in a, a couple of years, come back to the position that they were in What's going on here? It's a bit unusual oh, to pitch side interview. Yeah, no, it yeah, but it's that's quite unusual. It looks like Rob Baxter was going. What does that mean? What's going on? 
Oh, did you see Henry Slade there in a blazer, looking Look. very. Oh looking no, dashing. the the extra blazer uh, is awesome. The um, the they all get really really small. Yeah. There's a lot of. I, I did like Dai Young in his wasps blazer. Well, I've seen one the of little wasps. with the yellow piping. That was good. It's very smart. Rory said, uh, "You have broken me, boys, because I can no longer hear the name of the wasp coach without going live fast, Dai Young." Young. Very good, <laughs> Phil. Very very good. Thanks, mate. Exeter are through. Really? I've can't do, be. They, I'm sure. I'm sure they can't be. Well, their fans seem to unless, think they are, Jay. Unless they've actually topped the group. No, they haven't. Unless Claremont have lost. If Claremont have lost. Oh, hold on. Turn, turn the sound up. That's the first thing I've heard of it, so uh, it's nice. You know, we had to come here and do a job. Oh, and that's nice. And, uh, <laughs> no, Claremont lost. Uh, 37-28 at home. So, uh, um, just stoked for the club and, uh, and what we've achieved this year, but it's only halfway, so we've still got a lot to do. I am aghast. Wow. Yeah. That's the most improbable qualification. Yeah, because yeah. it means that Claremont had to lose at home. So Claremont, if they win at home, they top the group. They lost at home, they finished bottom of the group. Bordeaux overtook them by that win. Wow. And Exeter and Ospreys are level on points. But whatever it is, whether it's uh, tries four or... So Ospreys can't be through then? <clears throat> No. So that must be the lowest point scoring pool winners ever in the European Cup, I, would, I wouldn't mind betting. With 16. 16 points because to win every, the pool. Every team has won three games. Won three, lost three. That yeah. is some of the cleverest coaching I've ever seen by any coach ever. <laughs> Their second string largely team. But you know why this has happened, yes? If I'm correct here, and I have no reason to suggest I'm not correct, Rob Baxter has realised that in his group that he's got Dan Bigger, the world's <laughs> best pressure player. Big occasions, Dan Bigger wins everything. <laughs> he knows this. So he goes to Bordeaux, he throws the game. Dan Bigger then goes over to Exeter, where he would usually win without even, without even looking if the pressure was on. He sees a second team, not bothered, tosses it off. <laughs> right? Claremont Care, then... Careful with your use of phrase. I might, I might have chosen a different wording there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, but no, it's very... very uh, Claremont uh, then throw it, as Baxter knew that they would do after going away to Bordeaux and losing on purpose to build Bordeaux's confidence, and then puts out the second team to trick Dan Bigger and go through. Fair play. You, you know what? I, I didn't do this podcast so I could become sort of some math, mathematical expert. So I apologies that you've had to listen to us working that out. But there you go. Well, I, I don't happened. think even the Exeter fans knew. That's why they're all on their phones. Here you go. Confirmed quarterfinals. Saracens host Northampton. Right. Ooh. Leicester play Stade Francais. Do they? Again. Again. At Welford Road. Okay. Racing Metro play Toulon. And Wasps play Exeter. Ooh. Wow! There will be at least two English semi-finalists because there's two all English. Wow! Yeah. And the nice thing about that is the two, the two big dangers from France, who we all agree are Racing and Toulon, one of which is going to have to go out. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind betting there is three English semi-finalists. So Leicester host Stade Francais. Yeah. Stade Francais are a very different animal away from home. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is very interesting. And do you know what? Of all the games today, the one I'd like to see again is actually Leicester versus Stad. I thought it was a very good game. 
it was a very good game. Fortunately, Stad played well enough that the the incident that got made my blood boil as much as it did yours, JB, didn't have a bearing on the result. But that Tom Young's yellow card. I didn't card, tweet mine. I didn't tweet mine. I kept all my opinions stri- strictly to myself. Tom, <laughs> to myself. Well, that's prob- probably a smart move. What, what what did you think of the yellow? It was a prop and a hooker, like handbags. There's no other word I'm for really it. Sure. It, it was handbags. Like, um, when Tom Young's moved his fist. It could almost have been to push the other guy's hands away yeah, the, from the his The fact you're mate. talking about moved a fist, a oh, fist. You're not yeah. talking about hitting. Well, what did I say? Bizarre. What did I say last week? I said at some point one of the commentators is going to start saying the football thing, which is, "Oh, you can't raise your hands to someone's face, or you can't raise your hands, and that's it." You can't move your arm in the in, in motion, motion towards, towards another player. Yes, oh, I can. Uh, anyway, what happened today? Exactly that. You yeah. well, you can't move. The, uh, uh, so you know, it is it is going soft. And we're not letting the boys play. Well done, Exeter Chiefs. Terrible kit, fantastic result, <laughs> and uh, they've snuck through. A diff- some, just think of the teams that are on the scrap heap now. Like you said, Toulouse, Bath, Bath, Clermont, Clermont. It's a brutal Ul- Ulster, Leinster, Munster. Munster. <sighs> I went. Yeah, I wonder if uh, Foley stopped crying it. There's an Irish manager who is now available. Do you think he'll go to one of the provinces? Conor O'Shea. <coughs> Conor O'Shea. Good course, question. Good question. He's left. He's, he's leaving Quinns. The two rumours last week were Munster or Italy. And then after Leinster's thrashing by Wasps yesterday, there was also some talk of him. Obviously, it's reactionary and yeah. speculative, but talk of him going to Leinster. I think he'll have some good options on the table. Mm. He better do. He's a, he's a good, very good coach. He's a very good coach. He manages... The development of young players brilliantly, which is yep. the Irish provinces, that's what they're all that's about. That's exactly what I was going to say. Because they are like self-contained academies. Mm. Uh, he'd be very good at that. I feel the Italy move would be almost be a bit of a retrograde step. Yeah. Having said that, I think he has enough He has enough credit in the bank with, with Harlequins that if he went to do the Ireland job and did terribly at it, he'd still easily get a... Sorry, it's Italy job. Did terribly at it, he'd still get a good premiership. But game. I know exactly what you mean because he is at a level where he was being talked about very seriously as a possible England head yeah. coach. Yeah. So if the Irish job comes up, he'd be right up there. So yeah. I wouldn't mind betting that actually you might be on something with Munster. Munster. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. And the other thing about the Ireland job, it, oh, the Italy job, is that <laughs> if you did take the Italy job, that is the sort of job like Eddie Jones in Japan, where you take that job to get a bigger job. And I think he's already there, so why go backwards? It seems seems like a bit of a poison chalice. Yeah, it really they does. They don't have the kind of the structure in place and the teams below who are pushing the players through in order to develop that team. Yeah. And you've got players who, in the next couple of years, like, like Castro, like Giordini, like Sergio, like Bortolami, like Andrea Mazzi, who will be retiring... And are there the players coming through to replace well, them? So Conor O'Shea will not have. Uh, well, if he, he's leaving Quinns, he will not have. We mentioned it on last week's podcast, and the the rumours of Danny Cipriani have intensified this week. And apparently, Sale Sharks replacement for Danny Cipriani Ooh. is going to be Toby Flood. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Toby Flood, who has been starting at outside centre for Toulouse. Yes, that feels like you're going to be spending more money for less player. <laughs> well certainly the same money for less player that isn't a good move no there's also rumours flying around that Sale Sharks are going to be getting an international player who's out of favour at Leicester Tigers I wondered if it was Miles <laughs> Benjamin or Jordan Crane maybe oh wow wow that would be a big deal Jordan Crane's a Leeds lad isn't he he yeah. is yeah. yeah Leeds Academy with uh, a couple of others Danny Kerr uh, Stuart yeah. Hooper 
Tom Biggs. I'm going to change tack. Good. By the time most people listen to this podcast, if all the rumours and... This gets annoying me. It, it annoys me with politics. Like, you don't... Oh, looking forward to this. No, no, no. No, it's the same with sport, the same with politics, everything. People leak the headline that they want to leak and the information that they want to get given before an announcement is made. So as opposed to leaking the information they don't want you to hear. In, as opposed to having an announcement and then reporting on it. Okay. So, like, when there's a budget, you, you know what the headlines that the, the Chancellor, whichever party there is in government... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they give you the bits that they want to give you, so that's on the paper the day before George Osborne's even made his budget and got his... Whichever party. We, we, or or yeah. Gordon Brown or whoever. Go on then, go or on. whoever. Same with rugby. Like We know that Dylan Hartley's going to be the England captain and it hasn't been announced. It does appear to be. It appears to be a good, good, a good choice. But I mean, what, Should, well, well, is, well. It, is it? Is Dylan Hartley the right choice for England? Yeah, I think so. I mean, just back to that, I mean, what, what more would you like to be reported around Dylan, Dylan Hartley? Well, how about, how about Eddie Jones breaks the news and then journalists report on it? The Telegraph normally do have the full England squad the day before it comes out. Yeah. They've got a man in the camp. Still in the camp? Still in the camp. Well, so, I mean, they've got rid of all the old... So, it must only be like... I mean, the kit man's gone for selling, for selling shares. All the old coaches have gone. How many more people can there be? Like, in the past, in the past I've signed um, non-disclosure agreements with uh, with companies that I'm going to work for. That, that's a separate point. Is Dylan Hartley no, the right choice? You do make, a, you do make a, a good point, actually, Tim, which is everyone has gone except for the players. A lot of the players have gone. I mean, for instance, we know Tom Youngs isn't saying, saying this. He wouldn't know. Unless they want it to come out. Unless they want it to come out, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it's it's all PR management, isn't it? That's why that's why what, what, stuff gets. But, but, what's, but what's, the, what's the spin on leaking the Hartley captaincy? Because then there's a week to get there's like a week to get used to, or four or five days to get used to the idea, so that then it can be all positively do it by the time it comes. <laughs> it does seem that that is the way it's done. Anyway, but Dylan anyway, Hartley has the choice. So Jay, you're happy. Love it. I think it's fantastic. I mean, you think he's the best hooker in Britain at the moment? On yeah, form? yeah, I do. In actually. England, um, better than Jamie George? Uh, yeah, yeah. For what they're asking him to do. What, I mean, what, look, what does that mean? <laughs> well, it means. Does that mean no? No, it doesn't. <laughs> it means if I had Jamie George and Dylan Hartley and asked them to run a bunch of drills, I reckon Dylan Hart. Uh, I reckon Jamie George could kick a ball better than Dylan Hartley. I reckon he could pass a ball better. And if he were to play touch, he'd probably be the better player. If you asked me to uh, get into a fight with either of them, I'd probably pick. Uh, well, how about having know, the criteria who's playing? better this season yeah well, that's nice just and simple back. he's only ju- yeah. just come back and it, again it depends depends what you want I mean he's come back he's a good abrasive hooker uh, and he's exa- exactly what England need they need that hard edge you don't get that through Rob Shaw because he's just too nice a guy I, I don't mind that that sentiment but my issue would be it would be tying the hands of the coach now to pick the most informed highest level performing hooker that he has available to him well it depends I mean, which, are, which are in order Jamie George yeah. in the squad won't be picked Tom Young's not in the squad I don't, I don't see that I mean if I, I'd be happy to say this is my captain I'd be happy the day before the game to say my captain's dropped because there's someone, someone playing better it, do, it doesn't bother me it doesn't Ed, Eddie Jones's criteria of what, should, what the England captain should be when he was quoted um, you know, some time ago he said it has to be the best player in the, the best player in the team. Yeah, and guaranteed selection. Yeah, Eddie Jones has got a bit of a, um, a track record of saying things which I quite like. For instance, um, 
he said some stuff about Robshaw, and then in his in in, in his interview as the England coach, his first interview, he said something along the lines of, "Yeah, well, that's before as in, as England coach." <laughs> so he's quite happy to chop and change as the situation uh, deems fit. I think I think, think that's absolutely fine. He also said England have four world class players, but no one's pushed him to name those four. Well, world-class. let's name them now then quickly. Who are his four world class players? <sighs> Good question, Mike Brown. No. I'd, say, I'd say on form for the past three years. I'd yes. go Mike Brown. Yes. Yes. Probably he's probably England's best still. player. I would say. Yeah. If you look at the games. Owen he, Farrell. Yes. Yeah. Owen Farrell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You could go for that. Yeah. I think Owen Farrell's class. But, like, who are England's best four players? Like, yeah, I'd go Mike Brown, Owen Farrell, Anthony Watson potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Not, I don't think he is yet. I don't. He, if he's not in my top five wingers in the world at the moment. I actually think they've got a couple of world class locks. I just don't know which two. They've got <laughs> a world class grouping of locks. No, no two yeah. ways about it. No other country has got the depth at lock that Cr- England has. Arguably, Chris Robshaw is close to that. Well, you know, I think Chris Robshaw will be the world's best flanker in maybe a year's time after just playing six and concentrating on that I think in seven it's just too it's just not working for him and getting the captaincy monkey off his back yeah alongside the captaincy monkey at Quinns as well because it was Mm. Marla last year it's Danny Kerr this year year. and he's playing great rugby I don't mind the I'm much less concerned about Hartley's disciplinary element as I am about the fundamental of is is he the best person to pull on the England number two jersey and my opinion is right now, no. So my, my approach to captaincy would have been not name one and, and wait until you pick the 15 after you've seen them in training or all the rest of it. But I understand you want a leader. I understand why he's gone for Hartley. He's got that edge. I actually yeah. the disciplinary thing works in his favour. No, I think you're probably right. Because um, Right, OK, I've got a little game to play for, for you then. So I have got a list of England's captains. Ooh. Throughout history, um, all I, all I want to do is I'm going to go. I'm going to take Chris Robshaw as the most recent. Oh, okay. And I'm going to go back to the last captain that was sort of had a terrible time of it, really, Martin Corrie. Yes, I was going to say. So in between Martin Corrie and Chris Robshaw, see which England captains people have captained England. You can name them. So this isn't necessarily they've been announced as captains for the Six Nations. They've nope. just captained for a match. Yeah. So just one game. Okay. Yeah. So there are eight captains prior to Chris Robshaw going back until Martin Corrie. How many of them do you think you can name? I'll let you make the first bid, JB. Three. Hmm. Okay, I can name four. Okay. You're gonna you're gonna make Phil do this? I think. I'm gonna say five. I'm <sighs> pretty certain that I can't say six. So you're gonna make James. And so if he gets one wrong. I'm done. He's done. I'm done. Yeah. Okay, here we go. So from Corey, you don't have to do it in order. You get just any five of the eight. Oh, uh, when was Corey captain? I'm going to write some down as well while, while you're doing that. All right, cool. Yeah, good idea. Corey was captain, um, made captain on 12th of March 2005, and ceased to being the captain two and a half years later, 28th September 2007. Played 17 games. Okay, so he won nine of them, lost eight. Captains, Steve Borthwick. What do you think about that one, Phil? I think that's correct. It is correct. 21 games as captain, 2008 to 2010. Poor old Steve. Um, hmm. (laughs) I just want to be absolutely certain. Mike Tyndall. I would also go for Mike Tyndall. Mike Tyndall, correct. February 2011 to September 2011, seven games as captain, six victories. Did he really? Yeah. Okay. So... I'm going to stick with Phil Vickery. 
Yeah, I would also go for that. Phil Vickery, Phil Vickery was first England captain in 2002, but then was captain. Oh, oh. until March 2008. So yes. I'm going I'm to fall down here because I, I'm going to get the wrong name. But the surname is the Sanderson. But which Sanderson was it? I'm going to say <laughs> it's Pat. Sanderson, Alex Sanderson, hold on. Alex Sanderson was Sale, Pat Sanderson's Harlequins, so it's the Harlequins one. So you're saying Pat Sanderson? Yes. Correct. Yes, in two I, two games as England captain. I wouldn't have got that. Um, I've got one more to get, yeah? You've got four, yeah. Uh, Lewis Moody, get in. Correct. 11 yeah. games, six victories, captain between 2010 and 2011. Um, so, I, so you did get five. I well got done. Five. So I, Any others that you can fill in, Phil? Tom Wood, captain. Oh, of the correct. The Argentina tour. Three games as captain. Lions. Three wins. Now, did Sir Johnny? He did captain straight after the World Cup. They won, but did two, he do it again? Two games. Was one of them Scotland? One game in two thousand and three. One game in two thousand and seven. I think two thousand and seven was Scotland. I think that would have been before, before Martin Corry before finished. Before Martin Corry finished. There's a couple of others. Lee Mears. No, nope. so captain. Um, what? Uh, think, think, same position though. Yeah, I was thinking Steve that C. Thompson. Thompson. No, no. Dylan Hartley. Dylan Hartley. Has he already captain England? <laughs> yeah. Yep. June two thousand and twelve. So it would have been a summer tour. Wow. Trying. So Stuart Lancaster has has let Dylan Hartley captain England. Hmm. And Nick Easter. Oh. Two games as captain in two thousand and ten. Mike Cat. Three, I was going to say Mike Three Cap, games as England captain. I wasn't entirely God. sure. Jason Robinson, seven, oh, seven games yeah, as England captain. He was actually the announced captain for a little while. Mm. In fact, did he not even he didn't take him to World Cup, did he? But he did have a good spell. He was he played in the 2007 World Cup, didn't he? Suddenly you sort of go, well, whoever's kind of picked out of this England team fits in some of that company. Cause the, there's n- <laughs> you compare that with some of the leaders that they had for 2003 yep. the likes of well people Leonard, that weren't even Vickery, captain Johnson, the whole of the back row Delalio back. back or well, they've all been captains themselves I've in got... fact in fact, that's an interesting thing how many of the England 2003 team have actually captained England Jason Leonard has Lawrence Delalio has Matt Dawson has Martin Johnson obviously Neil Back has Phil Vickery has Johnny Wilkinson has Jason Robinson has Richard Hill has Mike Catt has Greenwood Lewis Moody Tyndall. has Tyndall has that's Amazing, Over half your team. Of, yeah. Of... Very good. Yeah. All right. So next question then. We mentioned the, the, the failing Pro 12 sides uh, and also the stuttering French sides. Mm-hmm. So Talon, want to jump did ship mention... and come to the Aviva Premiership? <laughs> I was going to say, did I mention the stuttering French sides? Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> what's going on with Talon and Bougie no. saying we want to come to the Aviva Premiership? For me... He knows this is never going to happen. Yeah. He's just he wants to get something. He's using this as a bargaining chip. So he wants to get some concession from the league from the top fourteen, and he's just going to say, "Well, if you don't give it me, I'm off. I'm off to the Aviva." Apparently, he's got an issue with the salary cap in France. So it's like me being a, an Aviva team and saying, "Look, we just don't have the crowd numbers in, in Aviva. I'm moving to the Pro 12." You know, <laughs> I, he's not going to get any more <laughs> salary. In, in the Aviva yeah. so it can't be that it can't, it, that it can't be that in a year's time England's salary cap will be about the same as the French salary cap really? So no, well, much. What, 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 the, what the French salary cap currently is 7.5 million England's will England Aviva Premiership sides will be 7 million as of next year but as we spoke before in France you can have these uh, 
associated player deals with merchandise where the player takes a chunk of the money, which means that... And it's the good thing about that, it's all transparent. The bad thing is it means that the actual playing budgets are way, way in excess of that £7 million that, pounds I mean, or €10 million. Euros. I like it because as a player, you should absolutely have the right to go out and get your personal sponsors. Yeah. Um, and it does distort things. So if you went to, say, um, Leicester where they've got a real strong fan base and there is a good chance that someone like Caterpillar or Next or whoever the... Holland and Barrett stand. Ha- and Exactly. That they actually say, uh, instead of paying you for the Holland Barrett stand, we'll pay the wages of XYZ. Manu Tuolangi, by the way, uh, well done on your new Leicester contract. Um, you've got three days consultancy work at <laughs> Caterpillar <laughs> for half a million pounds. I don't. I, I, three days labouring, I think. Labouring, yeah. yeah. He, he could do some serious, uh, <laughs> some serious earth, earth shifting. Exactly. Or like next, because they used to sponsor Stan. He could stack some shelves or hang up some suits. <laughs> um, it's working in the Boxing Day sale. Exactly. <laughs> like you say, it's it's never ever gonna happen, is it? No, unless no, it won't. Or not on a one-off well, case, it won't happen. It might be that they're looking well, at. What do you mean a one-off case? I mean, well, as it, in Toulon alone coming to the Viva Premiership, it would be more likely that you might have a, a, a Europe-wide Super League. Yeah, which uh, like Super I, Rugby. I think one day we will probably see that. I disagree with you. Actually, I think it's every, there's every chance if, and it all hinges on if Bougelier is deadly serious. Bougelier is deadly serious. Said, look, I'll, I'll throw money at this thing. I want to join, and I'm not just doing it as a bargaining chip. I'm in. I think the Premiership would go, hmm, yeah, okay, because we could promote Bristol and not bring anyone else down. We could, bring, we could make 14 teams. You only need to look at the Super League. To- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. See exactly how successful it it is having a team in France because everyone likes their away day in Castellan Dragons. In fact, you might be inadvertently creating some of the biggest away crowds for any ground in the country because everyone wants to do the away day to Toulon. So it's not a crazy idea. It's just a case of does Bougelier really want to do it or is he bargaining? And if he's bargaining, it won't happen. But if he wants to do it, it, it could happen. Does he want to fire half of his stars? I'm guessing no. It, it all seems like a really elaborate way of getting Stefan Armitage uh, in the England seven shirt, doesn't it? <laughs> Do you it's know a lot of effort. Yeah, a lot of effort to get him in the seven shirt. Especially yeah. when you can just play Sam Hill. Yeah, Sam Underhill. 
Underhill, sorry, sorry, yes. Sam Hill. Although Sam Hill's pretty, he's a big unit. He'd probably do all right. Sorry, Franker. Sorry. Austin Healy thinks Jack Knoll is the. Uh, I can't understand. I don't understand that. Was selection. that a spelling error? I don't know what was. Go- is he just winding someone up? It was... No, he was serious. He said J- Jack Knoll's got the um, or Nowell. I keep hearing him being called Nowell. Uh, is this like genus genus type thing? Jack Jack Knoll. Cruise Cruise. Jack Knoll's got the skill set to be England's open side, but anyway, uh, right, fine. So that's the Talon thing raging on. But as for the. France international squad Guy Noves has swung the axe even oh more God. so than Eddie Jones it's a bloodbath it really is I've written down the players who've gone just from the 31 World Cup squad listen to this for not just not just the number of players have got, who have gone but the, the names who have gone Benjamin Kezar uh, okay. Zazevsky oh we're not going to hear Eddie Butler say Benjamin Kezar no no Zazevsky's gone Vincent Debati Nicola Mas, Pascal Papi, Thierry Dussatois, Yannick Nyanga, Uadrago, Rory Cocker, Sebastian Tillis Board, Frederick Michelac, Remy Tales, Matthew Bastaro, Dumoulin, Matthew Bastaro, uh, Guillotin, Uge, although I think, that's Uge. Uge. I think that's more through injury. He'll N- be back. Noah Nakadasi and Bryce Doolan. Who you love. All, Your boyfriend. All gone. Bryce Doolan is playing, he's in superb form for Racing. Well, it's an absolute massacre. There's a slightly more lightweight athletic feel to the squad that's left, which leads me in hope to think that Noves is going to play the way that I remember when I used to watch rugby as a kid. I remember France playing. Reckless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just with, with abandon <laughs> yeah. and um, cam- counter-attacking from their own 22 and just throwing caution to the wind. Is a ca- camera in the squad? Camera, the flanker. Yes. yes. I, lo- I love that guy. Yeah, there's this this lad uh, Vakatawa from France 7s who's not even been playing yeah. in the top four. Right. This what I mean. Fijian I think they might player. be going back to the offload, offload kind of rugby that I remember of France. Did uh, Teddy Thomas make, make, make the squad? No, Teddy Thomas. No, uh, he's not even France, for France, is, France is very Miles Benjamin. Teddy Thomas <laughs> is not uh, in the France squad. How about Thomas. Ireland and Scotland? No real surprises. Were uh, there? No, not really. Ireland have announced Rory Best as captain. Um, is that right? Which right. some people might think is a short-term captain for Henderson coming through. CJ Standers in there, Josh Van, Josh, Josh Van der Fleer, um, Stuart McCloskey are all in there. Uh, and this this lad from Connor, an interesting second row, Altan Dylane, Dylane, who was born in Paris to a French mother, father from the Ivory Coast, who's a big big second row it's, re- it's strange to say that because I've been toying this, this idea I even put it on the WhatsApp group if I was a premiership team now I think I would set up a, a an academy in either the Ivory Coast or the Cameroon just to uh, uncover the next great number seven you've well, got Cameroon coming through you've had Nyanga you've had Betson as for Altan Dilan we did get a tweet from at Mr Doorstep who suggested that Altan the new member of the Altan Delan, his first name, might be a good middle name for Phil. Because we were talking last week, Phil didn't have a middle name, and Altan so, means Ulsterman. <laughs> so it's been suggested as a middle name for you, Phil Altan Largan. Sounds good. Yeah. Where do I sign? Good suggestion. Um, also, just while we're on some of the tweets, Henry Woodsford tweeted to us to at Rugby Podcast and said the co-commentator on the Sale Dragons game just stated that Jason Tovey is literally living off scraps. Poor <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jason Tovey. Tough. Yeah, it must be tough. I mean, tough. playing for the Dragons. I know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a glamour club, but 
And also David Nathan tweeted us a link to a Guardian article where we were talking on last week's podcast about Dylan Hartley and Chris Ashton being in the England squad together will cause some issues for referees and TMOs and stuff identifying who's done what on the field. And uh, David Nathan tweeted us a link to this Guardian article where they've got the headline... Ash, um, sorry, Hartley thought England career was over with a picture of Chris Ashton. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, they do look similar, but they're not that similar. Especially the pictures of like Chris Ashton doing an ash splash or something. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder if one of the reasons he um... Dylan Hartley scorches in from forty yards. <laughs> uh, Tra- trademark try diving celebration. I wonder if that's why Ashton got uh, so severely treated in his uh, disciplinary. <laughs> this Dylan again. <laughs> Teach him a thing or two. Yeah, because he's got his. 10 week ban hasn't he oh, ludicrous yeah. ludicrous oh dearie me not ludicrous if he did gouge no I don't think he did do you think he did I, the evidence is very very difficult to tell there's no good angle how did he did he say not? Did he, say he didn't do it he, he pleaded not guilty yeah. um, Luke Marshall when he got up from the floor was holding his eyes and was kind of signalling that he, he had been he, that he was signalling that there had been contact with the area do you know, I just sort of think with gouging, it's such a serious thing. It's so serious. It's so, yeah, it's such a serious thing, and it's such a nasty thing to do. I can't see why a professional sportsman would do it. And if they did do it, the consequences should be... They shouldn't be ten weeks. It should be years. Yeah. Absolutely, two years. But then there's the... It's the contact with the eye. It's the deliberate Incidental contact, the, deliberate... Yeah. There is a difference there, isn't there? Deliberate, well, deliberate gouging, and I, I, like you say, I'd throw the book at them and... Yeah. It's like we set up some rules which or laws which can't be enforced. Like, uh, you know, go run over um, a bunch of tyres, and every time you trip over, we're going to, uh, you know, ban, uh, uh, ban you or you know, fine you ten thousand pounds. Some of these things just just can't be stopped. Like like the high tackle. Like sometimes you make contact with eyes. If you're not gouging, well, I don't mind. He definitely. What you can see is he grabbed him round the head and the neck and. Right. F- so arguably that in to, itself is reckless yeah, and threw him to the no, floor no, well then charge him with that well, no, no, no but then he's charged with making contact with the eye area so he's gone for the head oh. which is one thing which might be a two week ban or whatever it is might be, even be a yellow card but in doing so in committing an illegal act he has also committed another second illegal act and has made contact with the eyes see I think making contact with the eyes is completely completely Irrelevant. It's gouging or it's not gouging. You can do head contact, you can do dangerous play, you can do all those things, but saying you made contact with the eye doesn't make any well, no, sense No, th- I, out- I think the outcome of, of an incident is relevant to what the sanctions should be placed in. So, for example, if you do a reckless tackle, you tackle someone in the air and you get a red card, personally, I think there should be a different punishment depending on whether that person breaks a vertebrae in their neck versus get up and carry on playing. I think that is personally. I think that's relevant. You have a point. You do have a point. But then you, uh, not to go over all ground. But you, you know, if it's purely accidental, and we have seen it being accidental, purely accidental, and the player gets very badly injured, is that worse than if the intent was there to badly injure someone who then gets up and comes? Oh, completely. Well, I think we're all we're in agreement. If someone like Schatberger deliberately grabbed the eyes of a British and Irish Lions player in that second test, got a two-week ban, and. Chris Ashton has inadvertently made contact with the eye area of an opponent. Ten weeks. Because of a reckless tackle. Maybe it deserved ten weeks, but the Schaltberger one deserved I might, 20, 30. Yeah. I might be wrong here, yeah. but I'm sure, ironically, the Schaltberger gouge was in the second test, Luke Fitzgerald, and I'm sure all of the South African team in the warm-up were wearing just this for Bucky's T-shirts for <laughs> previous foul play. <laughs> <laughs> 
on this just a couple of tweets that I've just spotted. Dan Shane said, "Is James O'Connor just trolling the world with his haircuts?" Oh my god! Too young, too too much money, too much talent. He's looking like he's getting into the Talon shape, though, isn't he? He's looking solid. Yeah, he's yeah. got he's, he's got, got a very, thick um, neck these days. Uh, barrel, barrel chest. Yeah. There's a cracking picture of um, uh, Brian Habano doing battle ropes and just looking oh, enormous. His arms. Just terrifying. Yeah. Uh, I. I worry about t- too long. I mean, not really worry about them. They'll always be fairly <laughs> They'll be okay. okay. They'll, they'll be, be all right. right. I think they'll manage. But um, I, uh, hear me now, believe me later, I don't think they're going to win this year's th- this year's European Cup. I don't think many or, people are, or top are suggesting they will. What, the three times on the bounce winners? I think I, I think they're probably fa- I think they're probably the bookmakers' favourites. They would have been going into this. I don't going think they... away to Racing Metro. I'm not so sure yeah, you get, get, get as good odds on them there. I don't think they will be anymore. Interestingly, I just something I forgot to mention, but about Toulon, so I got this from Nick Mullins as well, because he went to Toulon for two weeks on the trot for European Games, <laughs> and, and I, was, I was chatting to him before one of the BT Sport Games, and he said the training facilities and the whole setup at Toulon is really, really basic. Is it? It's like Rocky Four type stuff. Okay. I can't believe that, actually. I can't believe that. Because when you've got so much talent, it's not like you need to improve it much. Well, and he said that the players were given a day off after they won a game and they all went in anyway. Really? Yeah. Ah. Well, it's a really good good, good book. Uh, I've good got culture. Some... Great culture. Wow. Great culture. Great culture. But I suppose when you've got the most talented players in the world, it's not like you need to improve them. You know? Well, it's, it's not, not It's not about being... Well, maybe what makes them the most talented players in the world is that, a, is that they have the, the, the mindset that they get a day off, well, I'll come in and do some skills then. Yeah. Well, uh, that's the polar opposite to Rassing, who've got their own wine cellar. In, in, <laughs> uh, that isn't a joke. In their training ground, they've got a wine cellar. <laughs> so completely and utterly different. <laughs> oh, right. here's another one as well. Uh, Nev's left boot on Twitter got in touch and said, "Rob Herring and Dan Fish playing this weekend. What other ocean or aquarium players are there? Is there a John Oster? Which kind of reminds me of Oyster. He's a footballer. Oh, you're right. Yeah, just play for Everton and Sunderland. And uh, but but then one of you replied, Perry Freshwater, John Fisher, Jamie Salmon, Wendell Saylor, Mike Pike. I think I've, I think I've done a water fifteen for my friend's company, uh, Waterco. Uh, to- Toby Flood Toby yeah, Flood Seabass yeah, yeah. you can yeah. squeeze that one in I just quite like those tweets that we got back and forth there, must, there must be more as there well. must be more so if you missed any let us know at Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter sorry to ruin your, tra- your, your train of thought excuse the pen on that and, and you'll know where I'm going Nick Mellons I knew I had something to say did you hear his wonderful description of Tom Young's today <laughs> Tom Young's is running like a little steam train on an East Midlands branch line. <laughs> <laughs> Quite wonderful. Uh, I think he's building himself a legacy here. Yeah. I asked him about that. I, I said, Nick, do you do you like think of those beforehand and have them stockpiled? And he went, nope. <laughs> Just, they, Just roll off the tongue. Yeah. East, he said, if you try and use stuff like that when you've prepared it, it won't sound natural. You won't get the timing right. It has to be off the cuff. Yeah, I mean, a, a little steam train on an East Midlands branch line doesn't strike me as the most powerful or quickest vehicle, but what a description. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ed McConnell has given a description of uh, a, another player, Owen Farrell, 
and um, used the word clown because <laughs> he, he, he actually tweeted, while Sippers continues to morph into an actual wizard, <laughs> Owen Farrell is slowly starting to resemble a clown. That's Hasht- not true. Hashtag justice for Sippers. <laughs> That's not true. Now, uh, presumably he's comparing the wonder try that Sippers created for his best, one of your favourite. Nev Edwards. Yeah, Nev Edwards. And Farrell dropping the ball over the line. Yeah. But to drop the ball over the line, you've got to be in the position to drop the ball over the line. Exactly. Oh, great which point, was, which That's was, philosophical, that, which on was a good run, level. But it was a good running line. It was a very well done to get in that position, and that is an absolute anomaly. Do you know who um, Sippers is starting to remind me of more than anyone with his playmaking ability? Uh, a young Jonathan Ed- uh, John Edwards. Um, Jonathan Davis. Jonathan Davis. Back in the day, the way he just, you know, Hack, hacks through, collects, distributes. Such a nat- such a naturally gifted player. I've just looked at Danny Cipriani because there was a brilliant. Um, well, still- I say brilliant. There was a a link. To, there was his Instagram had a video of him in his car listening to a tune with Nev Edwards after the Sale win the other night. Going, <laughs> I'm here with my mate Nev. This is our this is our tune now we've won and it's like a tune going on in the background. Nev's just sat in the background smiling, and um, so I wouldn't mind betting that Nev Edwards signs for Quinns as well. It might be part of, like comes, <laughs> comes as part of the deal. You get Danny Cipriani. Well, you, London, you, they not? you take yeah. Nev Edwards. Yeah, Nev was playing at Roslyn Park. Yeah, um, but Danny Cipriani, did you know we're blocked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That happened. Ages we talked ago. about this before. Yeah, it happened about two years ago. Um, what happened? I no. think it was. What, another... did, what did JB do? I didn't do anything. I, I think we got. It was another one where we were copied in on a tweet. Yeah, we about were. Nesquik and uh, Malibu <laughs> and Pineapple. Here we go. It's a great win tonight. This is never in the background. My best mate. First pro contract. Killing it. This is our song for right now. Are they on a date? <laughs> <laughs> One of our followers, Paul Harris, replied to that video Overlap. and said, um, a Nesquik to celebrate Danny, to which Danny Cipriani put uh, a couple of tears of laughter emojis and then went, yeah, old school. Uh, so so Danny, maybe he's lightened up a little bit. Maybe he's on the Mullen and Pineapple. <laughs> look at him, look at him. This is our song for right now. Do you, know, do you know what the song is? No. <laughs> do you know what song that is? Well, he... Shazam, Shazam this. Let's Shazam it. Let's, Let's, not... Shazam this. Let's find out what his song is for right now. Phil have Shazam. Well, I, I'll I waste a bit of time. Shazam. Have you seen what everyone's doing with Siri? Like the big trend that people are doing with Siri, like making music out of this. So they're going, they're going to Siri, they're going, Siri, what's a trillion to the power of ten? Checking on that. The answer is one zero 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 zero. And then they're making a beat of it. But is all over that. Very good. Very good. So do you know what his song is for right now? Do we care? I care. I do not care. Come on, Phil. Shazam it. I'm not Shazamming that. Oh, come on, please. If anyone can tell us what Danny Cipriani's song for right tell now Jay. is, just tweet, no, tweet, no, no. just tweet Jay just at Jay Beardmore. Tell, tell yeah. me now, because every time Sale or we talk about Danny Cipriani, I'm going to put that on in the background <laughs> because we're talking about Danny Cipriani <laughs> right now. All right, um, another one from the Sale game. Uh, Mujarty will be buying himself a new pair of Nike Air Jordans. No. Hey, what? Brian Mujarty buys himself a new pair of Nike Air Jordans every time he scores a try. No, he doesn't. He does. Does he really? He does. He's an interesting character, isn't he? He's a home brewer. Home gymmer. Home gymmer. 
does that? He doesn't think the the weight sessions that the that his club gives him are enough, so he goes and does it does it all extra himself. Loves a cheat day. Loves a McDonald's and oh, go, goes and has his barbecue joint and, uh, yeah. and then um, he's not been obsessed on the with Nike Air Jordans. He's not, not, been not been on the pod, but yeah, we we will get to that. That would be awesome. I'd love to just go and do a, a weight session with him at his house. Okay. And then have a few beers after. What do you reckon the highest dumbbell size he has to use is? <laughs> At the sale gym, I've, I don't even know how heavy they are, but I've been in the sale gym and they are ridiculous. Perfect for shrugs. <laughs> <laughs> the, the gym I go to goes up to 50. But the, I remember seeing a picture with, was it David Pocock? And he was doing like a bent over row with, I'm sure it was 75 or maybe even an 80 kg dumbbell. Good lord, that's how he te- tears away balls. Yes, exactly. You can wow. see the posterior chain strength there. What, what do you think of my idea, okay, for a bit of gym kit for rugby clubs? Do you, know you get weights on the end of a, a bar and you bend over and then you pick up and then you kind of do the rowing thing? What do you call it? Like? Oh, so it's oh, like, yeah. a, so it's like a, an Olympic bar, like into the corner. pushed into a socket so that yeah. You, yeah. you're actually holding the the furthest away end from a socket with weights on pulling it up in between yeah. your legs like yes. a bent over row yes like a bent over row what about if we had weights which fit onto that and they were the shape of a, of a rugby ball so you could get <laughs> over it and then lift it up and then practice different ways of lifting up a weighted ball that, that's quite good did you see that video of um, it was like like David Pocock training and it was one guy in the middle there was, there was a, a tyre with a ball in the middle and the, the guy who was going to go for the ball go to jackal the ball there was three guys, one on each side, one behind him, and they had rubber bands, gigantic rubber bands around his middle, and they were all pulling in, diff- like trying to pull him away to the side to the side. He's got to get in. And as he's got to, oh, he's got to wow. get forward and then get down and get in the low position to get over and get the ball. I don't believe him. You don't believe what? I don't. I, I don't believe him. But I, I don't believe you that David Pocock would train with a tire, which you know ultimately is you know what rubber and you know, <laughs> non-recyclable. Well, he's clearly got an old wooden wheel, or you know maybe some tree stumps. <laughs> he went and planted some trees to, to offset yeah. the carbon co- caused by the rubber bands and tire manufacture. That, that would make more sense. Yeah, that would make more sense. We're, we're back to domestic rugby next weekend. I kind of want this Europe to to carry on. It's been awesome. That's been good. The but excitement so, of today. Well, it was, domestic rugby, they've got Six Nations. Well, it's all going on at the same time, isn't it? For English teams, anyway. It is. Um, but but next, you, next week is domestic, then the week after is Six Nations and so how, domestic. So what would that mean with the English team? Would, would Eddie Jones have a, a say on which players play and which players don't? I imagine they'll all be club. in squad from the middle of this week. So I don't think any of the England squad will be playing this weekend. That would make sense. Yeah. This is going to be a crucial period of the season for the premiership isn't it so yeah let's look ahead to those games friday night northampton pl- host wasps wasps you gave again a really good account of themselves but in the premiership are oh, no. very very poor i mean the wasp performance against a leinster team that was done and dusted was outstanding the elliot daily try the, oh, the gas yeah. of the lad uh, superb. On that alone, would would it, if you were Eddie Jones, would you watch that moment alone and go, "You're my 13 or do you look at it more holistically than that? I'd look at it more holistically than that. Yeah, um, and still come up with the same result. Yeah, uh, probably. I don't know really. I mean, him and Jonathan Joseph are in a straight shootout. I'm happy with either. Oh, yeah, you know, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, he said he didn't want debutants, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's, yeah. A, that's a solid point. Um, maybe look at Elliot. I mean, the thing is, you don't want debutants. When do you want debutants? Because is it against Wales, Italy, France, Italy? So one game a year. Well, you can 
have the the debut then. Summer then, tour. Yeah, summer tour. Autumn internationals. You normally get an easier game. What against the Southern Hemisphere and then one other? Yeah, it's always yeah. An, an Islander. Um, Northampton Wasps. Who, who's At it? Northampton, I'll go Northampton. It's interesting to see Nathan Hughes back on the bench for Wasps. That's mm. huge. Yeah, it really is. Northampton it? are without Paul Hill and Kieran Brooks. And Hartley. And Hartley. Uh, George North will be gone, clearly. Laws. No, they played George North. Oh, because he's not Eng- he's not English, is he? Yeah. So he doesn't need to go to camp. George North will play, Jamie Roberts will play, might as well. George North, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm obliged to love George, um, uh, George North, like he's a member of my family or something. <laughs> but every time I watch him, he's looking more and more like a number eight who's on the wing. Yeah. He's. Lo- I don't know if it's just a bad patch of form which has lasted for two years. or uh, not, not two years. Uh, do you know, really? It's really? Not, it's not too. Well, years. look at his look 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 at his Welsh try, try scoring scoring record recently. It's not great. Yeah, I know. It's I know. not great. Fine. So George North uh, will will be there. Uh, I, yeah, I think at Franklin's Gardens you'd expect Northampton to win, but yeah. I think it's going to be tight. But it's only a only a short journey for yeah. For Give me wasps. wasps. This is a big game on Saturday. Sale Sharks hosting London Irish. Sharks. Sale, Sale Sharks will want to be looking up the table rather than back down below them. So big from that point of view. Yeah, I f- fully team expect Sale Sharks to many win at home. Players, do they? And no. Danny Cipriani says with Sale, which is huge. Yeah. Sale. Bo- Beaumont's gone, but Sippers would probably be a bigger loss. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Sale at home. Sale. Yeah. Not many people go to the AJ Bell and win. Not many people go to the AJ Bell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gloucester versus Leicester. I think Leicester have got a lot of players who don't go on into, go on international level, like of Mike Williams, Beetham, um, v- what's his Viana, Viana, Matt Tate. Uh, yeah, I think actually they're going to be too that, too powerful. For that Gloucester. whole back line is Ben Poss- Youngs aside. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, pretty much. So. Tuilagi is in the wider squad, but I don't know if he'll actually be called up for this. So I think they'll want him, want him to have more game, game time. time is yeah. that's exactly what I'd do. So Leicester, I think. Yeah, Leicester won't, won't lose too many people. Mm. At Gloucester's. I mean, tough. McCaffrey's not going to go. O'Connor's not gone. Croft's not gone. Croft's not gone. Ayertz uh, isn't. Williams. There. Yeah. Youngs is there. Yeah, yeah. Of course, Youngs. Only Colt. Money Paul is there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah give me Leicester. And then the Borg v Bath. Borg. Doesn't even matter. Don't care who they're playing. <laughs> Saracens versus Bath. 3.15 kickoff on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Bath, again, spirited performance. But the wrong result. Exactly, this is exactly the sort of performance that kills the team. You know, you play well, you still lose, yeah. and everyone sorts running out of ideas. And there's a little bit. You're gonna. They must have a very strong camp if if they're to get through this without completely imploding. So we're going for Saracens in that one, and then on to Sunday, yeah. Newcastle host Quinns. Newcastle have been pretty plucky at home, it has to be said. Yeah, but Quinns it's a long, on long journey for a Quinns. Plastic pitch really excites yes. me. Yeah. This oh, is yeah. the last place that, that Newcastle want to be playing Quinns is on a plastic pitch. Yeah. Two teams you don't want to see in Newcastle playing Newcastle. Saracens and Harlequins. Everyone else, they have a slight advantage. Of, no Jack um, Clifford, Chris Robshaw in their back row. No Danny Kerr at scrum half. No Joe Marler. No Joe Marler in their front row. That's quite a lot of experience. Mike Brown Mike at the Brown. back. That's quite a lot of... That's five. Yeah, you make a good point there. It's not just five players, five important players. And leaders. And you make a good point there because, of course, they tried... Rotating their squad against Montpellier, it didn't go according to plan. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Newcastle will sneak that one in an ugly win. Not mm, a bad it's shout. not a bad shot, actually. But, no, I, I do think that Quinns have got too much talent and too much young, nip, nip, too much young nippy talent. And Dave Ward. I bet Dave Ward on a plastic pitch looks great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Worcester Exeter. 
Worcester, Exeter. Worcester hosting Exeter. I'm going to say Exeter. Uh, I'm going to say Worcester. I think Exeter coming off that win today. Um, ah, but the, but Exeter's like main frontline players have had, have had at least a game off. Well, maybe two actually. If you in think some cases, about some of their main players are injured, like yeah. Slade and Noel. True. Um, Would you go with back? Yeah, actually, back to yeah. Actually, I take it back. Exeter, Exeter, yeah. Exeter. Yeah, because they've the, got the, some Europe's just a bonus depth. for them. This is their yeah. bread and butter. This is what they're so, focusing well, on. Well, no, no. It's ve- as we've discussed it earlier on, earlier on the, in the pod. It was a very cunning plan. Mm. Very cunning plan. <laughs> it's paid off on all fronts. Uh, that is the Premiership. As for Pro Twelve, Dragons, Leinster, Leinster. Leinster. Although Leinster, I think they're losing seventeen players to the Seriously. the, the island squad. Oh, yeah, but Dragons are only losing Amos and Falatau, really. Zebra Munster. Why are we even talking? Munster. Why are we even talking about Connacht Scarlets? Is another That's game. That's not a bad one. Yeah. That's not a bad one to be fair. Um, Connacht at Connacht. Connacht. Connacht yeah. Um, at Connacht. Treviso Ulster. Ulster. God. Blues Edinburgh. Good game ish. You've uh, got to watch one game. That's your commitment you've made. You've oh got your watch a Pro 12 game. Um, if I'm going to have to watch one. I know what it's going to be. It's yeah, going to be Sunday afternoon. Sunday, Sunday afternoon, Ospreys, Glasgow. Um, but again, Glasgow will be losing... Everyone. 15 players plus, probably. Um, There's um, a 35-man Scotland squad, so they're probably losing 20 why players. Why would anyone ever want to watch Ospreys minus Dan Bigger? So I'm not, <laughs> do you know what the one I might watch? The one I might watch, if I can watch it, will be the Blues. I was quite Blues. impressed when I watched them, especially at home, again, on a plastic pitch. I was very impressed with what they do. I think they're actually starting to play a little bit better now, even though they're in a terrible league position. And in the top 14, I would flag up Toulon Stade Francais on Sunday. That'll be interesting. Which will be interesting. Yeah. Two games tonight. Anyone want to tell me who, who you think, think, think might win? Uh, it's it's going to be NFL. Patri- NFL. Patriots and Panthers. I think, I think you're probably right. I think Patriots are going to win it by about... 10 to 20 points and I'm not sure I'm not as convinced as you the Panthers will win but I think they are fav- they are favourites well when you listen tomorrow morning uh, Monday morning to this you can confirm that JB is in fact wrong about, yeah, the, about those two Denver, predictions yeah, when it's Denver versus the Cardinals <laughs> brilliant oh the um, the Lions coaching role is uh, it keeps on getting talked about yeah it keeps on getting talked about Sean Edwards has said he, w- he wants to be among the coaches to go to New Zealand Warren Gatlin has said Eddie Jones should be the head coach of the Lions in 2017 oh, what's Gatlin's role Thought he was the Lions head coach. I thought it was already announced, but I, clearly it's not because I thought that's why he was hanging around. There was I've seen more recently uh, talks of Gatland and Schmidt doing like a dual head coach role, and then Eddie Jones being involved, and then I saw something saying that Martin Johnson should be involved. Who said that? But that just, sounds like nonsense. It shouldn't be in a coaching capacity anyway. Okay. Eddie Jones is far far too early to say anything. He, he could possibly consultant. go as a, a consultant or yeah. a skills coach or something. But I thought the only reason Gatlin's hanging about is basically because he the wa- Lions job. He wants the Lions and then he wants the All Blacks in 2019 when Steve Hansen retires. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Mm, interesting. That. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't want to do it just so he doesn't have in case he beat in case he gets such a whooping that he ruins his own reputation or yeah. he wins and upsets he can't ruin people his own in reputation New Zealand. He's already. If, if there's is there, is, there, is there a rugby hall of fame somewhere? Probably. Gatlin should be like first ballot. He's in. <laughs> how can you? How can you not be? He's a good coach. He's a good coach. Oh, behave yourself. He's a good coach. He's a great coach. That, if, if that, I'm agreeing with you. He's an excellent coach. He's he's a generational talent. <laughs> we'll we'll continue this little argument. We'll let we'll let JB's rant continue off the podcast and uh, say thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Uh, nice one, Phil. Cheers, Tim. Nice one, JB. Thank you, Tim. In a bit. Who's our song for right now? What's a trillion to the tenth power? 
series one zero 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 Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Tosses it off, dumb figure. Dumb, 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 dumb figure. Tosses it off, 